This is the Mina CMO Podcast, and I'm your host, Farah Hussihir. Actually, some of them had the best uh, month in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we look at, for example, Mums World, Mums World ha- uh, witnessed 800% increase in sales in the past month. Wow. Uh, if we look at InstaShop, the grocery uh, delivery app, they, they witnessed 50% increase in daily orders. This is Amr Masimi, the founder and CEO of Hashtag Agency based in Dubai. And I'm so excited to be joined by Amr today as my first guest on this podcast. In 2011, Amr left the traditional agency world to start his own, one with a mission of humanizing brands online in the GCC region. And today, Hashtag Agency works with the region's biggest brands, including Centpoint, Subway, Almarai, and many more. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Amr about the impact of the coronavirus on brands, on consumers in the MENA region. We will take a close look at the brands that are innovating and adapting their products and services in order to meet the needs of consumers living in lockdown. And Amr will share his insights on the topic that's on every brand manager's mind, to advertise or not to advertise. Let's go. Hi, Amr. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Farah? Good to see you again. Good to see you too. How is uh, quarantine life? I understand this is the fifth week in lockdown in Dubai? Yes, this is the fifth week. We have one more week to go and then we don't know if they're going to extend it again or not. But yeah, we're, we're trying to adapt living in the house. Yeah. We all are exactly trying to navigate to this uh, new normal. Um, I know that you have a uh, baby boy. He's uh, eight months old. How's that going? Uh, especially Safe. So that you get uh, to spend more time with him. Yes, I guess I guess that was a blessing, to be honest, because uh, it's it's the best time to spend with him uh, right now. I uh, uh, is is definitely making it easier and keeping us all sane. Great, great to hear. Yeah. And uh, how is is he kind of surprised to see you around <laughs> too much, or you don't notice that? Yes, 100%. Like even his mom noticed that he's like, he got to know me and I think he likes me a bit more. Oh, so, so somebody's jealous. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely. of the coronavirus. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's definitely more attached to me right now. And uh, we're spending some quality time. I like it. Yeah. Amazing. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. That's great. Uh, something positive <laughs> to start yes. this uh, podcast yes. with. Um, so just b- before we start, I wanted to say uh, thank you for uh, being my first guest. Um, and with that, uh, allow for the launch for this uh, podcast. Um, like I informed you, this is really a, a passion uh, project. Uh, my aim is to create a platform for the uh, marketing professionals in the MENA region to really share their knowledge, their insights, their expertise about what works in the world of marketing from a, a, a MENA lens, from a, a MENA perspective. 
Um, so yeah, really grateful for all your uh, support and encouragement and uh, look forward to this episode and all the insights and uh, top tips uh, that you're going uh, to share today. My pleasure, Farah. My pleasure. I think it's a, it's one of a kind uh, podcast in the region. I think we need such podcasts in the region. Um, and I know you have you had a long uh, time working in this uh, region, and you have a lot of uh, connections with uh, a lot of interesting uh, uh, professionals that will add a lot of value to this podcast. I'm gonna. I am the first. Um, I'm grateful for that, but I also look forward to see who you're going to bring on, on board as we go. Absolutely. I'm super excited. And uh, yes, uh, this is, uh, like you said, this is something that I really want to bring value to marketing uh, practitioners in, in the region to understand the uh, consumer better, to understand what works, what doesn't, and really uh, uh, take, take the marketing industry to the next, uh, to the next level. Um, and as I was uh, actually preparing for this episode, uh, I went back in time and uh, the first time that we actually we met was actually in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were part of um, a webinar series that I launched uh, in the region when I was uh, working with Meltwater. Um, and a lot has changed ever since. I remember back then we were talking about Instagram and how we can use it for marketing. And now we have Snapchat, we have TikTok, um, but surely uh, nothing compares to the magnitude of this uh, global pandemic that has uh, turned pretty much everything upside down. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's start with that. Let's start with uh, looking at uh, brands in the region and how they have... um, reacted to this crisis, uh, how they uh, orchestrated their um, kind of marketing arsenal in order to adjust their strategies, uh, to um, remain relevant, to um, provide better service uh, uh, for their consumers. So obviously we are living in uh, in times that the world... uh, did not witness for at least 80 to 100 years. So, so uh, it's unprecedented times. Uh, the impact of this obviously uh, is crucial on lives, uh, on the economy. Uh, I think it's a tipping point. Uh, a lot of things going to change after this pandemic is gone. And uh, uh, obviously, uh, we feel uh, um, empathetic with all the lives that were lost, and we wish everybody to stay safe, and uh, we wish them and their families the the same. Uh, So if we're going to take the part of the impact on the economy and the industries, uh, so obviously the impact is undeniable on so many industries, on the, the overall economy, specifically the highest uh, impacted industries, I believe, started with the airlines. So mm-hmm. in Hashtag, we work on, uh, on different clients in different industries, and we were aware uh, firsthand of the impact on these brands. 
one of our brands uh, is an airline and uh, it was the first to feel it really even even a month before uh march like within mid february they started to feeling the pinch and uh, and this also um cascaded to to more uh industries as the lockdown started to happen as the curfews took place so we're looking at restaurants um uh, followed uh, by entertainment uh, we're looking at retailers uh, anybody who has a physical outlet was impacted by this um so so definitely it's a uh, uh, unfortunate time for these uh, brands and for these industries and we look for uh, forward for this to be not so long so the, because the longer the longer uh, this is going to be the more, the more impact uh, it's going to be on the economy on the brands on people losing their jobs uh, etc and and for an economy to pick up again whether they say it's a V or a U, it's, it's still going to take a long time to recover. Um, in the same time, we, we see that there were brands that were less impacted by this, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who we can say were well-equipped digitally, right? So the, the more uh, of their mix uh, of their, uh, uh, let's say, uh, delivery or, uh, or goods that uh, depending on uh, the less impact they had. Actually, some of them had the best uh, month in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we look at, for example, Mom's World, Mom's World ha- uh, witnessed 800% increase in sales in the past month. Wow. Uh, if we look at Instashop, the grocery uh, delivery app, they they witnessed 50% increase in daily orders um they witnessed 70% increase in their uh, mobile apps um uh, downloads so big brands take this a bit more seriously and we're going to end up with as i said a forever changed uh, industry Great, exactly. Like you said, there are clear uh, winning sectors. We'll come to this uh, a bit later uh, during the episode. If I just go back to your point um, to airlines, for, for instance, these are the hardest uh, hit uh, by this, uh, this crisis. As, a, as an agency owner, as a CEO of an agency working with uh, lots of different brands uh, in the region, one of which is uh, uh, an airline company, like you mentioned, what was your advice to them? How have you worked together with them in order to adapt their strategy now that people are locked at home, they're not able to travel? So what, what, have, uh, uh, what has this particular brand done to really remain relevant so that they are well-equipped or in a good position when we are in a post-recovery time and that and then things start to pick up again. Yeah, so really it's a definitely mix of procedures that they took in-house and, and their management uh, decided to, uh, to take different uh, approaches to, uh, to uh, basically go through this difficult time. So when it comes to the communication uh, and when it comes to social media specifically, obviously it's extremely important that you keep um, uh, somehow a contact with your with your uh, customers and with your audience and the only way you can do that is by creating content so the content that uh, brands should be or specifically airlines should be producing which we're seeing all over eventually it's a temporary 
situation, right? Okay, some people say it's going to take up to 18 months, 12 months till after that, people will, will go back to travel. Uh, there will be social distancing, obviously, procedure in place, but people will still travel, people will go to restaurants, people will go out, people will go to gyms. So until then, it's very important that you actually stay top of mind, right? Mm-hmm. So the content that you're producing uh, should have enough empathy, should have enough storytelling. You should tell people what you are doing at the moment. You should uh, tell people about the safety measures. You should tell people about hope, right? Uh, you should excite them. So I saw a couple of airline accounts that are uh, basically asking their audience, which country are you going to be first traveling to after the uh, pandemic is over? So so we will still travel. We will still go out. The idea is keep connecting and keep creating content and keep telling them stories. And uh, in the same time, have enough empathy uh, for what people want to listen, right? Exactly, exactly. So definitely empathy, I think, is the key word uh, here. And as we say in crisis management, uh, it's not the time for ads. It's really the time for uh, for acts. Um, And I think globally, we have seen uh, great examples of brands that are uh, trying to do uh, good uh, within their society. So, for instance, uh, Zara announced uh, that they are turning some of their factories in order to produce medical gowns. Uh, Preta Manger, for instance, here in the UK uh, was offering, and I still, I think, still offering um, hot drinks uh, free of charge for NHS staff. Um, in the region, in Saudi Arabia, for instance, Al Marar partnered with uh, the Saudi Food Bank in order to distribute uh, essentials and um, food baskets to families that are affected uh, by the coronavirus. Um, I also read yesterday that actually Al Arabi Group, which is uh, a retailer for electronics in Egypt, they have also given all their staff a um, two-week paid leave, which is, I think, these are really great initiatives and show uh, if brands really want to make a difference, they are able if they are empathetic and they uh, are genuine about the good that they want to deliver. Um, so there are lots of uh, lots of good uh, examples uh, or yeah. hardworking uh, work and examples. But if we look at the other kind of uh, side of the coin, have you seen any brands that have kind of tried to exploit? the uh, the crisis for kind of financial gain. I mean, we're not here to name and shame uh, or anything like that, but it's more to kind of take the lessons learned and how not to do things when you are in a crisis. Yeah, I, I don't uh, have a specific uh, example on this, but definitely you'll always find somebody who wants to take advantage of bad situations. But uh, really the end result, whoever does that, the end result of this is, it's a short-lived win. Uh, if he even have a brand equity, it's gone. Uh, people will not uh, tolerate such kind of, of offering or behavior after this pandemic is over, especially that if it's a needed service or a product. And he can, for example, increase the price, double the price, or, or make the product available in a specific uh, channels so so it's a short-lived really uh, mm. uh, it's gonna have a huge impact on the brand equity and it's gonna scar the brand for a long time to come if, if it survives this so um, 
yeah, it's it's definitely a critical time for anything that the brand owner uh, decides to do. Uh, and so far, I've seen much more positive uh, actions and acts uh, than than these guys. I'm sure uh, these guys who, who done wrong or, or or took advantage of the situation. And I'm sure it's going to be um, after the pandemic is going to be uh, an easy way to judge who yes. earned people trust and who delivered and who uh, took advantage in the positive way, right? Took advantage in, uh, intentionally or unintentionally by providing and by putting people first and catering to that. that, that that's right. And like you said, it's uh, unprecedented. Just to also to come back to your point, was there, have you seen, or was there a sense of panic? Uh, I remember reading, and I think that's also something you mentioned in a prior call, that a lot of brands uh, have decided to uh, that it was time to in-house their marketing uh, activities or their marketing department in a way or in an effort to uh, kind of economize or to save money. What's your experience been uh, in the region? What was kind of the sense of um, uh, panic and how long did that last? How quickly did brands kind of bounce back? Yeah, so so the, I can say that the panic was in the first two to three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people uh, did uh, some irrational decisions and they rushed with them uh, in terms of how quick their decisions were taken and if it affected people around them, or employees, etc. But overall, everybody has to adapt, right? So, mm-hmm. so the industries that are really hit um, in terms of uh, that's it, uh, airlines, you're not going to fly for the next two months. That's it. It's like it's the balance sheet is hit immediately. Some other brands, such as restaurants and, and who, who panic, if you lift some space for a creative reflection, you will actually at least help in delaying the impact on you. So we saw some creative, really, uh, people that uh, put panic aside and st- and get got to work. Uh, uh, there was this pizza brand in Saudi called Maestro Pizza. Mm-hmm. Maestro Pizza, for example, other than just going with the whole, uh, obviously the deliveries are taking a long time. So if you're going to order a pizza, it's going to arrive very cold, right? That was the issue. And the, the demand is big on, on them, but eventually people stopped ordering or they started canceling ordering because they cannot cater to massive number of, of orders in the same time. So they did something really creative, in my opinion, which they prepared their pizza and they put all the ingredients on it and they just put it in the box and they put it to go. So you can go pick it up at 11 a.m., 12 p.m., or they can deliver it to you at any time of the day through the delivery apps. And then you simply put it in the oven for five to 10 minutes. They gave clear instructions on social media. And then you have Maestro Pizza ready. So these guys definitely did some creative move. And, and they, they, again, uh, they refused to panic uh, like uh, so many other restaurants did. Uh, if we look at other industries like the retailers, so we saw a lot of retailers that had e-commerce in place, but eventually the e-commerce, you're talking about 5 to 10% at the best brands uh, in, in, in share of the overall, uh, uh, basically, sales. So, but at this time, even 15 and 20% uh, sales is making a difference to these brands. So, so a lot of them, we saw that they did creative collaborations with other e-coms, uh, they did their own, um, they did specific offers on their own 
platforms. Uh, they increase their capacity of deliveries. They increase their capacity of taking in orders. They increase their social media uh, uh, communication with people because obviously I'm talking about big brand retailers that uh, when they start delivery, you get 300, 400 inquiries a day and uh, with the issues with the deliveries. Uh, so they, they actually increase their capacity to answer people, making sure that they know that their order is uh, being refunded or being delivered is just taking a bit more time so we definitely saw some brands uh, taking uh, a very uh, uh, rational and creative steps toward um, meeting this challenge right um, again the people who panicked who stopped thinking uh, lost and they're going to lose anyway, even if there is no pandemic. People who are uncreative and refuse challenges and they're just sitting there uh, waiting uh, for orders to come in or, or for, the, for their brand to take off, on the medium to long term, they're going to be out of the market. So, that, so that, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's a great example. Thank you for sharing. It's uh, like you said, it's companies that uh, look at this crisis and think creatively of how can I adapt my product? to make it more fit and more suitable to this new lifestyle part time at home. I also, I think um, I saw that um, Achar, which is an Indian uh, restaurant uh, chain, has also um, launched kind of a, a barbecue line. So you would get all the barbecue items from the meat and the chicken all, all uh, marinated. And then uh, once it arrives home, all you need to do is really grill it. And then you have a meal that's probably as good as you would get it uh, from the restaurant itself. These are really great examples. Uh, and um, it gives you um, the confidence that actually there are brands out there that are able to innovate and really adapt and uh, create, uh, you, you know, come out of it even uh, more strong and uh, in a more creative way. Um, so if we then look at the the consumer which is uh, you know the the other uh, element of this uh, in this equation you know online traffic uh, social media consumption has increased if not doubled uh, instagram reported uh, i believe 40 percent um, engagement rate increase increase when it comes to in-feed uh, engagement facebook reported 60 percent these are their global uh, figures so naturally people are at home you're bored what do you do we're living a virtual life uh, essentially so from your experience uh, within the region and i know gcc users are one of the most active by default anyways if even before this uh, pandemic um how do you see uh, consumption patterns changing within the gcc let's say or the mina region in general when it comes to the change of obviously uh, the audience behavior changed, uh, you're right. So, so we saw a really uh, massive increase in time spent on the social media apps. Uh, if we look, for example, on a new emerged, uh, basically it was there, but uh, now it's being used much more than before, which is the live videos on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So the celebrities, I think, started uh, their hosting uh, long hours, interviews, or just uh, chill out, uh, uh, basically sessions. They're talking about specific things. Uh, some celebrities are talking to their fans. They're giving them the chance to talk to them for five minutes, ten minutes on Instagram. I think live videos uh, are seeing 
amazing um, uh, increase in usage. Uh, so especially that they can see each other. Like now, uh, you know, Instagram gives you that option of of, mm-hmm. of a broadcast. Uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, impact and mention of TikTok these days, right? Oh yes. So. <laughs> So yeah, TikTok uh, is increasing in in terms of usage down app uh, down downloads in the app uh, in a in an unprecedented way. So so even uh, if you don't like TikTok, you don't like the content, uh, it's still on the increase. And I think people uh, that gives you an indication of how much the audience want content, right? So they're looking for content on Twitter, they're off to Instagram, they're off to Snapchat, and when they're done with all the content that they're consumed, they even looked at TikTok as a new app to download, and they started consuming content there. And because TikTok is very uh, human-centric in the content, uh, it's all about people dancing, eating, doing different challenges. So I think that gave uh, the app a more meaningful uh, or more uh, a bigger human purpose, uh, if we can say that. So people like to consume these kinds of videos, unlike articles, news, and, and they're getting bored of that. So definitely their behavior changed. It's good news for social media because they proved that they are the only uh, platforms of uh, maintaining uh, such kind of time. Other, if we did not have social media and this uh, basically a transaction and exchange of information, I don't know where we would end. Uh, it's worth mentioning here that social media gave uh, WHO, World Health Organization, a big uh, platform to deliver correct news and fight uh, the fake news that might come up. Uh, the only platform I think we're, we're facing is WhatsApp when it comes to the fake news. But yeah. uh, even WhatsApp limited their forward uh, of the messages to five people. So they're really taking very positive steps uh, to uh, make sure that their audience is consuming uh, basically correct info from the correct source. So yeah, definitely the, the behavior changed in so many ways that we did not mention as well. But overall, the time increased uh, on all platforms and uh, some platforms showed more importance than the other uh, when it comes to this. Absolutely. And uh, this, uh, while you were uh, speaking, so many questions here and there actually popped up in my mind. And sure. I'll, uh, speaking of TikTok and speaking of influencers and mm-hmm. kind of this new role that they are taking, that um, whether it has emerged as part of this global pandemic and responding to the increased kind of uh, uh, demand for, for entertaining content. I know beside um, Hashtag, your uh, social media agency. Um, in 2015, you also launched Starfish, which is a mobile app or a mobile platform that helps brands um, find, select, and uh, really manage micro-influencers for their marketing uh, efforts. Uh, tell me more about that. For, maybe if we can start with what had um, kind of ignited you to start this uh, project or this uh, agency uh, and why micro influencers and not influencers in general yeah so so yes uh, starfish was uh, was launched in 2015 and um, i'm a believer in positioning for brands so i believe i believe that if you have a specific set 
of services that you can package under one brand, launch it under that brand uh, mm-hmm. uh, to make enough differentiation and for, for you to easier manage it. Because when, when the influencer's marketing service was under hashtag, Obviously, we discovered that it's a big scope, right? So uh, usually the person who is handling the social media scope of the business for a client, if you add to them the influencer's uh, marketing scope, he will find himself uh, uh, basically not able to deliver on on both. Uh, Influencer's marketing has a lot of manual work, right? Uh, You need to be a people's person. You need to talk to influencers. You need to negotiate with them on their behalf, uh, on uh, on the brand's behalf. You have to filter and find the right ones as well. So so it's really a full-time job. So that's when we decided to take that burden off the hashtag uh, account manager and decide to put it on a separate platform and at that point there was obviously the marketplace influencers is booming and, and the apps is booming there was nothing that I know of uh, at that time in the Middle East but we decided to do a marketplace where we ask people to log in that was actually in 2014 so we launched a, a desktop version uh, and we called it starfish and we're like we called a lot of influencers to join, which they did. And we started uh, ask, uh, sending it to brands to, to go in, find their uh, influencer and deal with them. But we found out that we were maybe a bit early for the market on that. So uh, some brands went into, they started, they did not really feel uh, felt comfortable uh, uh, maybe dealing with the influencers directly. Uh, they were used to a specific way of doing uh, the uh, influencers so from there uh, a year and a half i think mid 2015 we launched the mobile app so the mobile app was uh, dedicated to micro influencers and we picked micro influencers specifically because uh, they were also upcoming marketeers uh, knew their worth when it comes to engagement when it comes to conversion uh, when it comes to their specialization so today the really big influencer has impact uh, however, if I bring somebody with a million, two million followers that does not have a specific uh, specialty or or a content creation uh, area, uh, and I bring uh, a guy who is uh, who travels all the time, post about his travels, blog about them, and he has only ten thousand followers, these ten thousand will convert much better than the two million guy. Uh, the conversion goes up to sometimes uh, ten to fifteen percent on the micro influencer so we decided this is the direction to go and we did this mobile app at the beginning on the store we had around 3500 people signing up and we keep it uh, now as an internal uh, tool because okay we do add uh, manually any new micro influencers however so far we use it internally when we want to brief on campaigns so for example we have a new campaign we uh, we write the brief on the app who's the audience what's the hashtag etc what's the specialty right in the app we have like six seven specialties photographers lifestyle foodies fashion so we we uh, uh, basically click on that send it out everybody who is on our app gets a mobile notification and if they're interested in the brief which is a very important part of the micro influencers which is authenticity right so we want to we want to make the experience as authentic as possible so that's why we're trying to uh, basically do these 
seven or eight different interests or content creation. So the foodie, for example, say, yeah, I love this brief. I love this Buffalo Wild Wings restaurant. I'm going to come and I'm going to do well. Unlike the big influencers, if you're going to do it, yeah, okay, just another brand. transaction in a way. Yeah. So, yeah, so we canceled the web version, the desktop, and we stayed on the mobile app. And, and yeah, we've been uh, doing, uh, working with big brands since on Starfish. It's exciting. It has like three people working on it now. Amazing uh, uh, colleagues that they're working with big brands. And I still think uh, even if you uh, do whatever uh, uh, technology ideas on the influencers or automate the process, it's still really a heavy process that requires manual and dealing with people on a daily basis. So hats off for the team that works on, on the influencers. Yes, absolutely. I have worked with the influencers before and it's, um, like you said, um, it, the human element is so important uh, that it's, uh, it can get a bit um, labor intensive in a way. I mean, we, we know how big influencer marketing is uh, in the region. It's fascinating how influencer marketing is c- taking over pr- probably all other uh, digital channels mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of categories, uh, especially in the GCC, whether it's food, beauty, um, travel. Um, from your experience, um, when, a, when a brand comes to you with a brief that they want to work uh, with, an influ- with, a, with an influencer, what is their thought process? Why do they want to work with influencers? Is it just because everybody else is doing? Is it because it's uh, it's kind of the buzzword and uh, it for a brand it's also cool to be associated with this influencer or that influencer? Or is it really an integral part of their marketing arsenal, of their marketing strategy overall? Overall in the region, very hard to see a very uh, uh, well-executed and planned actually digital strategy. So the issue is um, the different vendors for the services from advertising to creative, to media, to social media. This, if there is no uh, already uh, a plan in place and these guys are only executing according to this plan, you'll find some random uh, uh, basically quick fixes I call yeah when I say stand alone I say uh, regardless of their content creation activities um, nothing really is planned we just we just need we like this influencers that work of them sales challenges because influencers gives you quick uh, fixes right so mm-hmm. if influencers if you do an influencers you see an uptick in sales immediately it just goes down so so all these factors together, you really need to look at influencers in a bit more um, structural way, right? Uh, so you have to to find their uh, purpose in your in, in every brand's specific customer journey. Where is the perfect way to use them, and where is the uh, uh, need to build a longer relationship with them? Not to use them on a one stand alone. Uh, uh, basically exercise in the same time we see some brands that are doing it well we see a lot of brands that relies 90 percent of their budgets on influencers overall uh, it's it's definitely a solid channel to get leads it's definitely it's proven that the social proof part of it the fact that their audience is very loyal, etc., gives a better and easier conversion for brands. So, so different brands use it in different way. Mostly, wh- whoever they benefit from them is two. The one that have e-com, because it's easy to say just 
uh, swipe up to go, I'm wearing this shirt, swipe up, go get it. Or uh, the ones that look for brand awareness. We've seen a lot of big brands that used a lot of number of influencers in the same time uh, to, uh, to create awareness. So because on average, you're going to find yourself following three or four influencers in the same area, at least in the same country. So if all these four influencers post about an energy drink, you're going to find yourself knowing about it, even if it doesn't have a TV ad. So going back to the original point, strategy is very important. And that's something we try as much as we can in Starfish to do it. We do not treat uh, influencers marketing as a billboard only. Like here's influencers just advertise with it. No, we look at it from more of a strategic point of view. We take in, into consideration the marketing objectives of the client, the best way to deliver the message, the phases, the timeline. That's why our clients like us because we deliver uh, uh, good strategies on influencers and we deliver results. It's uh, it's astonishing that actually you said that sometimes eighty or ninety percent of brands rely solely on influencer marketing as their main go-to kind of uh, marketing strategy. Um, so this will lead me to the next uh, uh, point, which is uh, actually the central point for this uh, episode, and it's whether uh, to advertise or not to advertise. Uh, mm -hmm. especially now in this uh, in this crisis there are lots of arguments uh, uh, kind of uh, pro and against because the, the, the main argument is that if you invest now uh, when people are online when people are bored and hence or therefore they would be uh, more receptive to uh, new brands or to trying different products then you are you will be able to reap the benefit post-recovery. Mm. But that's difficult. I mean, it, it does make sense. And in the world of advertising, that has always been uh, the, the kind of the argument that you need to invest to, to stay on top of uh, mind of your consumers. But if I'm an airline, let's say, and I'm struggling, and I know there will be in maybe two or three months uh, time, people will go back to normal and they'll uh, go back to uh, traveling. But then, when you're laying people off because there is no work for them, when everyone is kind of in a kind of uh, financial uh, difficulty, uh, talking about brands, how what what's your take here um, as as a, an agency owner? What is your advice to brands? Yeah, so so technically, it's really. Uh... Number one, I hope nobody really gets to a place where they, they cut jobs. Uh, I wish this is uh, to be the minimum impact on, on people and their jobs so far. So far, I did not hear a lot of, of these incidents, not actually little. Uh, obviously, in the States, the number is skyrocketing. But I'm saying in the region, mm -hmm. I feel that a lot of the brands are trying their best to maintain and to keep their people. And uh, uh, really, this is the time where uh, employees and uh, the management should act as one team in one spirit and uh, to navigate through this difficult time together, even if it, uh, if, even if it means some uh, difficult measures have to be taken on the short term. Let's all remember that it's temporary. And I feel if uh, the management uh, have enough empathy and the team have enough support and loyalty, uh, I think a lot of brands can go through this 
with the minimum losses possible. Talking about the actual advertising and uh, so you know me, I like to differentiate between traditional advertising and digital, right? Digital marketing and specifically social media marketing. So I would think it's suicide uh, for somebody to stop their social media especially if they've been in the market for more than three years and they have a brand already. So, so stopping social media is like cutting the bloodline and, and that's it. Like uh, you stopped the last communication with your customers. Keep your content coming. Even if you're closed down, even if you uh, have to, uh, uh, to take some difficult measures on your business, that does not mean you want to kill your brand. So unless you want the brands to go to sleep forever, uh, keep your social media at least Hopefully you have an audience uh, and one is greater than zero. Even if you have one, just talk to, to people. People will tell other people and they will appreciate the transparency and the fact that you kept communicating. If you have a restaurant, just tell people uh, what's happening behind the kitchen. Tell people about uh, the story of your restaurants, where you have been, how these different milestones uh, impacted your journey. If you're an airline, like we said before, I saw, for example, Etihad Airlines, they're doing an amazing job by using the guys, uh, the, um, some content about uh, how do you say goodbye, how do you say alhamdulillah salama in like 10 different languages. Uh, they're, they're giving us a nice storytelling aspect of their business. Uh, Emirates Airline video that they launched that what's going to happen after the pandemic and how people... So it's very hopeful, very positive message. I'm sure that message reflected even in their employees' morale as well, right? Uh, so people who stop their social media, number one, is like uh, shooting them the brand in the head. Uh, people who cut advertising, I would understand, uh, especially if the funds can be used for a better purpose. Uh, however, Again, we all know the, the, the uh, importance of advertising. We all know the famous quote of half of the money I spend in advertising is wasted. I don't know which half. Mm -hmm. So half of the advertising budget is definitely working. Half of it is giving you the brand equity, the brand awareness. It's a great time to maintain that anyway, like you said, right? So even if you do a TV spot, even if you do a radio ad, a shooting, CSR activity, you're just maintaining your brand equity. Maybe you, you outflank the, con, uh, the competition by doing that. Maybe you come out stronger. Yeah. To me, it's not a maybe. It's a, it's a sure thing. If the brand kept communicating with me and after this, uh, during this, after that pandemic, it's going to be first on mind, very high on awareness. So definitely, uh, as much as they can, uh, consider advertising as an investment. Consider social media as essential even if you take down the costs in producing uh, heavy uh, uh, produced content and then uh, but just keep it going, keep the storytelling and the authenticities there. And yeah, marketing uh, could be uh, the only thing that saves the business after this. Absolutely, I think you're uh, you have the nail there, and it's uh, and and it's also the question or the difference between uh, paid media and earned media. So now, if you are really like going back to the point of uh, being creative and seeing this as an opportunity to to kind of let your creative juices uh, flow. So, for instance, uh, the, uh, the the example you mentioned is great, uh, Emirates and uh, Etihad. But for instance, also Al Qureshi, which is the the biggest, I think, uh, perfume uh, uh, maker and seller uh, in the GCC, 
they produced a very simple video about health and safety, about ensuring uh, or showing actually taking their uh, consumers on a journey on how they uh, go above and beyond in order to make sure that the products are disinfected, that the, uh, the kind of the production line is uh, disinfected because people are uh, concerned that if I order something online, um, what what is the guarantee that it's not going to be you know harmful now that coronavirus is on top of everyone's mind so it's like, like you said it's really a combination of uh, creativity and empathy and knowing what's relevant and employing all of all these ingredients it, it's not easy it's not always straightforward it's not always easy to come up with something that no one else is doing but like you said it's really um um social media or earned media if you are smart and if you know your product or brand really well and your consumer you will be able to leverage uh, this uh, this channel uh, even more effectively than uh, let's say paid or traditional advertising um it's it's also uh, interesting that um i don't know we've been uh, do, um, having this conversation for 45 minutes now and we haven't talked about traditional media, TV. Mm-hmm. Or, and I think that's in a way testimony of um, in the region, especially when it comes, uh, or probably uh, worldwide, especially when it comes to younger generation, really traditional media, TV is taken a backseat. Um, how do you see the kind of the performance of uh, Arabic TVs, whether they're state-owned or private? So definitely the coronavirus had an interesting impact on the broadcasting TV channel. So from one side, it definitely um, stopped the decline in the viewership. So the viewership is in, in increase for various reasons. One of them is the hunger for information, right? That you can get only from CNN or, or NBC or whatever. So you want to watch the news. You want to know what's up. You want to watch the daily briefing. So that increased. Uh, from an entertainment point of view, I think also it had an impact on, for example, for upcoming Ramadan, a lot of series stopped um, uh, the, uh, the shoots that, yeah. used to, uh, that were happening. To, uh, so a lot of them are cancelled now. So definitely it had this double-sword impact. So if they have good content, uh, definitely eyes will be glued to TV. Eventually it's all about good content. And... Uh, I'm not sure what do they have uh, for Ramadan, uh, the different channels, but definitely if they have content or the channel that produced good content in the right time before the pandemic hits, uh, they're going to be on a, on a very good position in Ramadan. I'm sure it's, it's going to have a, a positive impact on the overall perception about that channel. Uh, that's when it comes to TV. When it comes to the rest of the, for example, now, obviously, outdoors uh, is in a tough spot. Uh, radio also is in a tough spot. Who's going to be spending on radio now or outdoors? So traditional media overall, it's stagnating uh, if it's not declining in specific areas. Uh, depending on the city, uh, there was there is different emphasis on, on different uh, uh, elements of that mix. But overall, I think always the the uh, the uh, element in the storm or the eye in the storm, which is the TV, and the TV uh, has a lot of challenges to produce enough content and to yeah. have uh, to have enough uh, uh, basically viewership. 
as we can see, it's the uh, streaming uh, streaming wars now is happening, and it's the time for Disney Plus and Netflix, and nobody's watching TV anymore. So uh, we saw even OSN now after they took Disney Plus. Uh, it has an impact uh, on on the brand uh, positivity put positively. So people want on demand. Yeah, they want to watch the movie now. They want to watch their series now. So so that's that's definitely impacted TV. That's not gonna take it to zero, but uh, traditional media is definitely stagnating. And uh, if they do not invest heavily and and their content creation and in their streaming uh, apps. If they have, such as NBC, Shahid, uh, I think in the future they're going to be in a tough spot. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, not, not yet, because uh, you mentioned Ramadan. It's, uh, it's with us in a couple of days, literally around the corner. I think it starts on Thursday or Friday. Um, it's going to be Ramadan like no other. <laughs> it's the uh -huh. Ramadan where you can't go outside and uh, you know enjoy these extended uh, iftar uh, meals. None of that is going to happen this Ramadan, sadly. But it's uh, you know it's safety measures, and uh, we hope that it won't uh, last too long. Um, for brands, it's really a, a very difficult time again. Uh, I'm sure you are working with your clients on their Ramadan campaigns and Ramadan communications. What is it that you are doing with them to, um, yeah, to be more effective, to be to resonate with the consumers? What is your advice to the marketing managers that are listening to that to us um, and you know have questions of Ramadan is really the season; it's the Christmas of the uh, of the Middle East, uh, where yeah. everything goes up. Whether it's uh, social yes. media and traffic, and uh, it's also expenditure. Uh, so, what what is what is your advice, a? And what is it that you're doing now with your uh, with the brands that you work with in order to come up with something different, something more resonating? Yeah, definitely. So Farah, uh, definitely what you said is true. Anyway, the, the usage of media increases in Ramadan, specifically mm -hmm. social media and consumption of content. So it's, uh, it's the uh, Super Bowl uh, of, of, the, of the region and we brands should be present. So we're definitely uh, working with different brands on different uh, uh, briefs. However, uh, most of them are definitely still focused on the uh, the values that the brand has the values of Ramadan as a month uh, the importance of catering yeah right the, the content has to be useful as well so uh, one of our brands is a fitness brand actually we're we're doing a lot of live sessions mm -hmm. and uh, uh, we've been doing it for two three weeks and it's been very successful uh, their engagement went up 600%. So although it was something that is classes that are being done online, uh, sorry, in, in the clubs, now we are doing it on uh, on social media. So if you go to Fitness First, you will see that they offer more than eight classes a day, right? And for Ramadan, this is obviously will be uh, uh, modified to cater to people who are also fasting. So it's going to be not half an hour, it's going to be 20 minutes. It's not going to be as heavy. Uh, it's not going to be uh, as tiring. It's going to bear in mind that uh, the person is fasting. And the timing of the class will cater to that. So we did a big, uh, obviously, uh, 
questionnaire and we find that a lot of people prefer to do it before uh, iftar and some people like it after iftar so so they're gonna cater to all these times so fitness first really is a great example of moving with the audience keeping the connection um, uh, working with everybody uh, in the uh, club to deliver to their fans uh, definitely in my opinion not because we're working on it uh, obviously, we are helping in executing what also they have in mind. So, so they're really on on the right side of this. Uh, for the other brands that are uh, just want to connect with their customers, talking about the values, having enough empathy, talking about maybe the safety procedures that they're taking. This is very important. Uh, uh, especially after the pandemic. So people have to tell uh, uh, customers, the brand have to tell customers that they're taking enough safety measures in place even after this is gone or when the restrictions are loosening up, you can come because we're doing one, two, three, four. Uh, We're having social distancing in our restaurant for the tables, etc. So this is a good time to communicate this. Uh, communicate togetherness, right? Ramadan is a is a month of togetherness, uh, family being together. So you might want to deliver on this. Uh, you might want to re- reassure uh, people of hope. Ramadan is a spiritual month. Morale goes up. Uh, uh, people have a bit more of a receptive, uh, uh, basically, attitude to things. So you want to maybe emphasize on on this uh, shall pass too. Uh, we assure you things are going back to normal. So it's a nice also uh, way to, to deliver that to, to your audience. The last thing I would uh, basically mention for Ramadan would be uh, the CSR. Obviously, giving back is an important pillar of Ramadan. Uh, brands do this even in normal months but uh, the challenge here is how can you do this remotely uh, and how you can touch uh, a side of your customers uh, basically live by doing that and showcase it on your platforms so really look forward to all the different um, promos and all the different uh, campaigns so yeah look forward to it and like I said it's going to be uh, Ramadan like no other uh, yes and speaking of the uh, survey that you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, you did one for Fitness First, kind of uh, pinpoint uh, the, the right timing for their live sessions. I also know that um, on your um, company page or agency page on LinkedIn, uh, you have launched a survey. Um, and I think the, ta- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the target audience is really um, people that are active within the marketing and comms uh, field. And you also have another initiative, which is uh, social media happenings. Yes. Uh, you told me about it, and then I went and checked it out uh, on the uh, on the page. And it's really cool. It's really um, kind of uh, gathering all the all what's happening in the uh, in, on social media, what brands are doing, and presenting this in a very easily digestible way uh, to the uh, to the reader or to the user. Um, tell me more about these initiatives and why you're doing this and the, kind of what is the, the aim of, of investing time and effort? So yeah, number one, you don't want to deal with a social media agency that does not create content for itself, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we have to have content on our pages. 
so we try to have a balance between uh, some nice light-hearted clips videos that are done by the colleagues in hashtag and between uh, these also light uh, but uh, uh, very valuable information that we collect uh, number one we enjoy collecting this uh, the team uh, uh, all, all of them has that background of knowing what's happening, um, uh, b bringing in together uh, any valuable reports or, or industry uh, analysis that happens at that point. So, so we thought that part of our job is to educate uh, the average Joe on, on how social media impacts their, their brand. So you'll always find a specific infographic talks about a generic uh, study about the impact of social media or influencers. Uh, we try to be timely by adding three pieces of news that also is that it's not about, okay, Facebook launched a 9 by 5 size to be, no. We like to say things that can be digested also by and be uh, beneficial for the marketeers such as um, uh, Instagram now, you can send DMs through the desktop version. Okay, thank you. Now it's an info that I can use. And we use the the one that I enjoy a lot, which is the viral tweet, viral image. So the, the, the colleagues always send these uh, screenshots. Guys, this is tweet. It should be in the newsletter next week, etc. So it could be human-oriented, could be brand-oriented. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be a video that went viral for any, for any reason. And at the same time, anything that we think has... Uh, value or uh, like the latest two COVID uh, newsletters that we sent out were very appreciated by people and uh, also it delivered maybe the message that somebody is do not panic some people are making um, moves some people are being creative so we included the maestro pizza uh, thingy we we uh, included how InstaShop is doing well for for anybody who wants to maybe use it or reach out to them even if they were a small supermarket so that's the idea spreading positivity as well uh so yeah i hope this is delivering it so far the engagement on these newsletters is really high people are appreciating them especially that like you said we're putting it easy to digest we're not asking for any emails uh or or a specific setup and landing page we're just putting it out on linkedin so i'm glad some people are finding it uh, beneficial awesome yeah please keep them coming and i like the fact that they um uh, you also focus on what's happening in the region because that's exactly where I think the the gap is when where uh, we need more knowledge about what's happening and uh, how we can learn from uh, each other. So uh, yeah, like I said, please keep them coming. And um, if we also look at the people behind the scenes, the staff, the the the, the team members that are you know, working hard in these difficult times. Um, how do you keep the morale up with the team uh, while working remotely, working from home? What, uh, I'm sure you have set up a routine, whether it's weekly meetings uh, or daily meetings. What is it you're doing as a CEO in order to really keep the, the team spirit and keep everyone connected and really still willing to fight and to go the, uh, the extra mile? Yeah, so communication is key here. I have to be close as much as I can to everybody. Uh, uh, check on them every other week. Uh, see what they're doing. Uh, hear, hear them if they have any uh, worries and concerns, which everybody had, right, at the beginning. So it's my job to assure them and make sure that um, it's a temporary situation. We're going to get through it. 
so communication is key, right? Uh, number two is we're a social media agency, so so our work is digital. Some people are really liking it already. They're like, let's let's consider this as a as a work from home as a policy from now on. Yeah. So like we're doing right now, all my team members are on Zoom calls, on Google Hangouts. They're briefing each other, talking to each other, uh, getting jobs done. So so they're really uh, doing an amazing job. Uh, we're very proud of them. Their morale is high. Uh, hashtaggers are very positive uh, attitude people. They have high loyalty. So we're blessed to have them. Really. We're lucky to work with them. I love the video that you did uh, of uh, that shows you know uh, how people are working from home and the multitasking that goes along. Yeah, with it. yeah. <laughs> like vacuuming yeah. while still sending an email it was really a, a very uh, heartwarming uh, video to watch. So well done. And, Thank you. Um, perhaps if if I want to um, to conclude this episode with. Um, kind of a few words of wisdom from your side uh, to brands, to brand uh, managers or marketing managers, brand owners. Uh, what is it, the, the few things that you want to leave them with um, to go through this crisis, but also to think about uh, long-term and the post-recovery? So really, uh, uh, we talked a lot about different things. I hope they find it valuable. My only thing is like nobody's immune from this, right? Mm. Uh, Business-wise. So nobody's immune from this. So everybody I understand and I can imagine, I can only imagine how tough it is for some brand managers, some some employees, some business owners. So my only really is we're all in the same boat. So the only way to get out of this is stay hopeful, stay positive and keep working right so uh, work hard to find new ways find the new partnerships find the new outlets for your product even if you cannot do anything uh, think it out for your brand how can the how can the brand survives after this what are the lessons that can make you a better brand right so so that's the only way we can look at this uh, uh, until this is over i think the world is going to be different and Everybody has to be ready for it. So I know, I know a lot of people as well are taking a lot of courses. They're taking, uh, they're reading books. So they're really taking advantage of this time. Uh, and, and I'm sure whatever they're going to invest in their time right now is going to reflect on their uh, businesses or work down the line. So stay hopeful, uh, stay creative, hang on. Um, opportunities will come and go. And uh, that's that's what I can tell them. So, yeah, best of luck to all of us. Exactly. And I think, um, like you said, it is hard time for everyone. I think what will set us apart once we look back at this time is really all the hard work and the consistency and the quality uh, of the work that we have put in. Um, so, like you said, best of luck uh, to everyone. And... Um, um, I think this uh, brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Really thankful for, again, uh, being my first uh, guest. Um, I think you shared a lot of uh, great insights and examples of brands and how they are really um, reinventing themselves or readapting their products in order to remain relevant, in order to provide something that's really of use and that uh, meets the, the need of, of consumers uh, now. 
Um, so yeah, I'm really excited and I can't wait to edit this episode and uh, put it online for everyone to listen to. Um, anything you'd like to say before we, uh, we end the episode? Thank you, Farah. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And thank you to everyone who tuned in to listen to the first episode of this podcast. I hope you found the session uh, useful. And please bear with me uh, as I'm uh, learning the ins and outs of podcasting. So I hope the quality of the episode was good and um, nothing distorted your uh, listening experience. And last but not least, I'd love to hear from you. So please do reach out to share with me your feedback, uh, your suggestions, your ideas, any questions you might have. I can be emailed at minacmopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all again for listening. Look forward to seeing you during the next episodes. Stay safe. Bye-bye.